the Pinball Network is online. Launching Final Round Pinball Podcast. Player versus player and player versus machine. Welcome to the final round. You thought you had to wait like months or weeks and weeks for another episode. No, we're back, baby. Hi, I'm Jeff Teolos. I was looking forward to having another break, but not to be. Here we are. My name is Martin Robbins. This is episode 59 of the final round pinball podcast. No need to break because we've got a new editor. <laughs> That's right. It's me this week. So if it sounds shit, you're welcome. It'll sound fine. Content, eh, can't do much about that. We're just concerned about the editing, the polish on it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be lovely. Yeah. Well, pe- what people don't really know is, you know, people go, oh, I love your podcast. It's great. But blah, blah. you don't realize how shit it sounds before the edit. I've been uh, known to crack my voice once or twice, a lot of stuttering, a few ums and ahs. If we screw up, we do it over again. You don't know. You think it's all live. No. No. Lots and lots of takes. Tons. This whole episode is actually scripted. You know, when we go off script, we've got to edit it back. So My biggest fear is uh, you can hear me turn the pages <laughs> when I'm reading. <laughs> uh, or hear you putting your zip back up. Can I just say, Mm -hmm. just on the outset, thank you to everybody for your feedback on last episode. (laughs) I feel we've sort of struck a chord with our audience because we got a lot of feedback. We'll get to our emails, but yes, thank you. Thank you, Martin, and thank everyone who helped me with my little uh, new hobby, my new fashion trend. (laughs) Guess what? I'm, I, I want to put up a sign like, you know, when you go into a factory and they say it's been 21 days since an accident, it's been at least 21 days since my fly's been uh, down. <laughs> I've been, and again, it's conscious. I've I actually had people come up to me in Edmonton say, looking good. I'm like, oh, thanks. Uh, what, you like the shirt? No, no, your fly's up. <laughs> Eyes up here, baby. Eyes up here. Quit looking at my crotch. Can't help it when you're actually walking with your fingers pointing down going, have a look at this. Yes, I wear three socks, two on my feet. I forget where the other one is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> How was, uh, let's, we'll get to Edmonton in a second. Cause you finally, this time with a haggis hat on, got to go to a pinball event and a freaking big one at the Brisbane masters. Oh, and it was sensational. I've got to say, I was asked many times to compete. Even up to the morning when we got there on the Saturday morning, I, I even bought my headphones with me just in case. And then when Jimmy Nails said, uh, do you want to play? I went, do you know what? I don't. I, I, I mean, I do. You know, it, it's, a, it's a business trip first and foremost. But I just wanted to be there to talk to people, get some feedback on our machines and just generally have a good, relaxing time. It was at a, a brewery, which obviously means there's lots of beer. But what I also discovered, there was also lots of gin. And in fact, my new favorite gin, a peach and passion fruit gin. Oh my God, everyone just kept buying me them. So I had a great time. When you say your favorite, you mean you've actually switched? This is now your go-to brand? No, yeah, we'll see. It's my current favorite in that it's the last one that I've had that I've gone, oh my God, this is amazing. So yeah, anyway. It's a new toy. Yeah, it's a new shiny thing. So that's it. But yeah, Brisbane Masters was awesome. It was really good from everybody that I've spoken to. All the participants 
absolutely had a great time. Got to tell you, from a spectator's point of view, I f- <laughs> it's probably, probably a bit much to say it's just as good. But geez, it was close. I, I had such a good time just sitting out the back, watching the big screen. There was groups of people watching it. You know, lots of oohs and ahs and oh my God and post pass and, and do all this kind of stuff. And, you know, to see some great players do well and some great players do not so well and some underdogs do really well. So yeah, it was a fantastic, fantastic tournament. I always think of it as tournaments first, but you said there was a good show. I mean, obviously you're there with Haggis and and there are other vendors there as well. I've seen Dr. John's last two years of doing the flybys uh, where he goes through the banks, which are really amazed me. Great quality and variety of games and looks like there's a nice free play area there. So a lot going on. The, the Donkey Kong, Kong off, if you will. So Tell me more about it because I always think of it, again, as the tournaments. Well, yeah, I mean, it was just good to be able to watch lots of groups playing. You know, I think there was maybe 175. There was actually over 200 people. I don't know this is a topic that you've got on your list, but there was actually over 200 people signed up, but about 25, 30 people all had to pull out last minute because of COVID. Ian. This just in, everybody. Here, as we are now in August of 2022, If you are going to a pinball tournament with more than 30 people, somebody there has COVID. So don't bitch and complain when you're like, oh, this is, you know, some kind of super spreader. No, that's what it's like when you play indoors, especially in something like pinball. I know people that have gone to tournaments and worn not only just masks, but the good N95 and and had all kinds of sanitation and uh, the uh, Purell and all that stuff, washed their hands, never took the mask off. They still fucking get COVID. It's here. You know how to avoid getting super sick. We don't need to get into that, but it's not going away. And uh, that's it's one of the ugly things of pinball and maybe why we've seen some decline in numbers. I'm happy that, you know, we're getting out and about. And I did that on purpose to have that Canadian accent. We're getting out. (laughs) Yeah, I totally did. I fucking totally did. Anyway, we are going to pinball tournaments and we're not huddled at home so yeah yeah look again when it's a physical thing you are flipping you're touching buttons that somebody else has just touched there's a physical transmission of this virus gonna happen prior to fucking covid you were grabbing those flippers and you're you know somebody's feces from not wiping (laughs) their ass and washing their hands or boogers or things like seriously or whatever the hell food they ate i mean listen if you think pinball is a clean sport or hobby Newsflash, it's not. Oh, no, it's gross. It's gross. So, yeah, anyway, that's what happened. In fact, I was actually really, really disappointed because one of our best players, Richard Rhodes, actually did a test in the car park before the tournament on Saturday and came out positive, so he couldn't compete. Well, that is uh, an honorable thing for Richard to do that. I know how much he likes playing. I can tell you I know people that have tested positive and still play anyway. Yeah, yeah. Probably happened there at Brisbane. No, I would say it's more so that people didn't know. Because, you know, the symptoms don't come on the second you get it. It's, it's a couple of days until it happens. So No, I just have a sore throat and a runny nose and a bit of a headache and a fever. Fuck, let's play. Anyway, so back, back to your, your question. It was just good to be watching groups as they play. You know, a spectator for me means two things. Out the back, in front of the, the screen, watching the, the live stream, which was fantastic. But also just wandering and watching all the games play in real time was just a lot of fun. It was just a really good atmosphere. 
So, you know, I've always said that, you know, Indisc is my favorite tournament because I love the, the community feel and the social aspect of it. That's what this had. This had that in spades. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that is. Uh, and here we are on the weekend. Uh, I don't want to say anniversary because it's not a, exactly a pleasant anniversary. It's been three years since we've had Pinberg and uh, people have watched that all disappear from their IFPA profiles and their, and it's sad for sure. Uh, but um, that's what the pleasantry of Pinberg was. It was just, wow, I haven't seen this person in a long time. It's if you went to one tournament, if you had one vacation that was pinball oriented, it was probably something like Pinberg and people came from all over that you only saw maybe once a year. So it's nice that Brisbane had that too. I uh, had a little bit of taste of that myself in Edmonton, it, a kind of a Pinberg format. They did a group match play. So the same format, exact same four banks, groups of four, you play four games, 10 rounds, exactly like Pinberg. After day one, after you've played five rounds, 20 games, you get put in A, B, and C. Uh, they obviously didn't have the thousand people, but still lots of fun, lots of free play area. And uh, people came from all over to this event in Edmonton, which isn't exactly, you know, an easy destination like a New York or an LA or Chicago, but uh, everyone had a great time. So I would assume the same for Brisbane as well. How you can have the best possible time at a tournament is really down to how well it's run. And Jimmy Nails, I would say is, and and so Jason Lambert, those two, they're, they're the ones that really run the event. Just put on the best show. I mean, obviously it compares with others. You know, I'm not going to say it's better than Pinberg because Pinberg's a thousand players and it's, it's a lot more complicated, but it just ran so well. So all the players had to do was just focus on playing well. So I, I just want to put my hats off to them because they just do a phenomenal event. Great, great machines, really good selection of machines, all in good condition. We'll talk about Dolly Parton at some stage. And the, the players just, you know, played their games, moved on, scores were updated really quickly. Uh, the, actually, the only thing that was really funny was every time a new round would start, match play would crash because everyone was trying to access it at the same time. But Oh, but that, well, besides that, I think that was I think that was probably the internet at the brewery, not match play itself. But yeah, it's cloud based, so it shouldn't be that. But uh, and depends on the the format, you know, something like a flip frenzy. Only one person can uh, enter that in in the match play software. Okay, so I'm like you. I'm listening to this for the first time, and you know, our three or four listeners are listening to this too. You, you teased us. What's with Dolly Parton? What's going on? Oh, it was <laughs> okay. Okay, couple of things. First of all. Whenever I go into a location that's got a large amount of pinball machines, I always look around and say to myself, which machine or machines have I never played in my life, right? So it's very rare that there is a machine that I haven't played. Usually an old machine. Like Brisbane Masters is different because there were some brand new games or relatively new games that I didn't get to play yet. But out of this, and I think there might've been a hundred machines or so. I don't know how many there were. Dolly Parton was the only game I had never played. It's a good ballet. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is. It is. No, I'm, I'm sure it is. Don't shit on it. It could be one of the next ones for Haggis. Wait. You guys are doing five ballet titles. Wait, just let me finish. All right. I'm sure it is. This particular one, everybody had been talking about Dolly Parton. You know how there's always that one game where everyone goes, don't get on this particular game. It is so fucking brutal. Okay. Dolly Parton was brutal. So I, I finally got to have a, a just a flip of it. And when I say flip of it, I'm talking for three balls. I probably had a flip of it. Outlanes? 
center outlines the whole thing. It was nasty. Plunge better. Well, okay, sure. Plunge better. So if you did, did you do the same plunge every time? No. So did you soft plunge and come down the right spinner and then try to catch it on the right flipper? I can't remember. I just went, you know what? I just went, I I wasn't in a tournament, so it didn't matter. I just wanted to play it so I could tick it off and say, okay, I've now played the one game here that I've not played before. Yeah, I I did. I went, okay, cool. Dolly Parton, great. Played it. Tough, but I've played it. So moving on. I played it last night myself. Obviously not at Brisbane Masters, but I played it. And like a lot of people when they play it, they try to try to knock down the inline targets to get your spinner lit, then 2x and then up to 5x. But I've played on one. I can't remember where it was. This spinner was just ridiculously juiced. So we kind of changed our strategy because we're like, ooh, I mean, once you get that first inline target, the other ones can be maybe dangerous, maybe center drain, all that stuff. But the spinner was so good. We're like, you know what? We're going to get 40 rips off that. That's just as good as a multiplier. Let's do that. They didn't carry over. What the hell? Mm. Fun game. Yeah, it is. I mean, I don't want to sort of say that the whole you know, tournament was all about Dolly Parton. It's just noting that as an honorable mention of like when you go to Papa or when you go to any of those pinbacks, there's always that one or two games that everybody knows is really, really difficult. And I think when I went to Papa, for Papa 20, it was the Attack from Mars that was in the, the finals. That particular one is notorious for being really difficult. And I know that the, um, what was it, F14 Tomcat is known as being pretty brutal. Okay. Yeah, I'm just saying it's one of those. But anyway, the event itself was great. A couple of upsets, the main one being Escher Lefkov, who bowed out, I want to say, in quarters. It wasn't like it was a, a rollover. It, it, it was still competitive, but he didn't get through. I mean, spoiler, everyone should know by now that Stephen Bowden won. But that came down to the last game, which was on Lost in Space. And he was not that far ahead. And Tony Cirillo from Western Australia... All he had to do was get the right orbit and for the life of him, he couldn't post pass from the right flipper to the left and didn't get the shot. Again, it's one of those moments where everybody's watching, everybody's just, you know, rallying behind him. Come on, mate, just get it. And it didn't happen. And it was just this loud, whoa, oh my God. And then everyone talked about it. So it was just good that he was, that's what I refer to as the underdog. He was the underdog that got to the final against Stephen Bowden, uh, but Stephen Bowden was victorious in the end. Did anybody from Australia win any of the events? Because we saw what happened last time. What happened in 2022? Yes, there were. But the, I think the majority of them were won by Americans. So mm-hmm. thanks thanks again. Ah, uh, the good old borders being opened. I'll have to get there. I'm just bugging Dr. John. Okay. There's the thing too. I like the idea of the event. I, trust me, I love the idea of pinball almost every day. We're about to do it at the CNE in Toronto in mid-August. But uh, when I come to somewhere like Australia, especially Queensland, uh, I would like to see other things. So maybe I would come and just do four or five days, but then I'd kick myself in the butt going, oh, I'm missing this tournament. But still, it sounds like a good time. Yeah, it it was uh, a great time. And in the end, I kind of was glad that I didn't play in the tournament, but I kind of felt somewhat missing tournaments. Anyway. Well, are you going to get back into them? Because we talked about uh, the the stern hires of recent years. You know, you, Zach Sharp, Keith Elwin, Raymond Davidson, Tim Sexton, people that play a lot and play very well, and they're designing games or marketing games, programming games. You are a very good player who just doesn't play that much. Mm-hmm. Will that not help you uh, with your current job of programming by playing in more tournaments? 
Uh, well, yeah, yes and no, but I played in a tournament on Friday night. What? Oh, Ryan C's? Ryan C's. With Ryan Wanger? Correct. Okay, I don't know about this. I knew the tournament was happening. Tell me what happened. So it was. It was that I knew that it was it was on, and I just it was on Friday, and I went. Do you know what? There is an itch that needs to be scratched. Obviously, there's an anointment for that. But and that's what Ryan's there for. He is a great scratcher. He really is. So I just contacted Ryan and said, look, are there any spots open? He said, yes. Some people have pulled out because of COVID, Ian. <laughs> wow. So I I went. Do you want to know how I went? No. Okay, cool. Moving on. Okay. Uh, so I was at it. Oh, go ahead. You. I know you're dying to tell me. Tell me how you did. So it was seven rounds of... Match play. Four player groups. Four player groups, one game per round. And first game, I can't even remember what, what machine I was on. Might have been, yeah, it was ACDC. I came third. Okay. Then the next game, I came fourth. So because it was Swiss pairings, I was now, I was- th- At the bottom. I was third bottom of 36 players. Sandbagging. Well, and everyone was like, oh, I see what you're doing. You're going to, you know, go. and I went, no. The problem was, I really have only played one game- for the last six to 12 months. One game. Yep. And that's Fathom. So all my muscle memory is based on that one game. So all these flipper things that I was doing, just draining the ball because I just did not remember how to play these games. After round two, I was third from the bottom. Boy. Then I got a second, a first, a first, a second, and a first. And I finished fifth in qualifying and top eight got through. Okay, so you're in the playoffs. I'm in the playoffs. Who else was in the playoffs that I know? Ryan. Sure. No? I'm just trying to remember the names. Ryan C., Ryan Wanger? Ryan C., Ryan Wanger. Carlin Jackson was there. Cindy was there, also from the U.S. People, I I should remember. What happened in the playoffs? You're fifth, so you're in a group with the first person, the fourth, and the eighth. What happened? So, sorry, it was Brett Black. Cindy was there. Darren Lewis and John Eberger are probably the the missing names there. This was obviously four players per group. Yeah, three games. And I've got to try and remember what games we played. Anyway, it came down to the Tron was the last game. Oh, Godzilla was one of them, played terribly. Cheetah was another one, played terribly. And then Tron, where, so I got a last, a last, and then a first. So I I was out. Ryan actually had to get in between... Carlin and me for me to be able to get through and it didn't happen. So thank you, Ryan, for, for letting everybody down. Mm-hmm. I, ended up, I ended up coming fifth, right, overall. That's pretty good for your first tournament in a while. I was really happy. In fact, in fact, when we got to the, the top eight and Ryan's like, oh, are you going to play? And I'm like, no, I, I think I'm going to forfeit. I don't really want to play in the finals because I, I was just happy where I ended up. I didn't really need to do any more. I was doing a Keith Elwin. No, not really. <laughs> You wish. But when I said I was going to forfeit, all these people just went, what? No, you can't do that. I went, oh, shit. Oh, fuck. Have I just killed someone's family or something? So I ended up playing. Wait till later on the program. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. I had fun and it scratched the itch. Do I want to play more? Mm, Maybe. Maybe. No, not really. What don't you like about tournaments now? Just the, it's what I, it's what, it's what made me stop in the first place was the, and we've talked about this, it's the whole win-lose thing. You're either the winner or you're one of the many losers. And for all the, all the pressure, some people love that environment, you know, some people love 
doing their best. After a while, I just I just started getting a bit fatigued by feeling shit at my performance. So I didn't need it. But I had a good time. You, you may see me. At least I'm now not ruling it out. I actually had a great time. I actually had a great time. And the revelation is I started liking Godzilla. What, 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 what? Hmm. Send this to Keith right away. What changed your mind? Because it's not intuitive by any means. And that was one of the things you didn't like about it. No, but because obviously Ryan listens to the podcast and he knows exactly what I say. So he just said, hey, I know you're confused with this game, but all you got to do is this. And, 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 and he said, and I just went, oh, okay, that makes sense. All that added complexity that it's got, all the flashing lights that are indicating something else, I could ignore those now. I can just get my shots to light. Because I didn't even, do you know what? I didn't even know how to light multiball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know. Because I, I really have only played it a couple of times. But that's all I need to know. That, how to start modes, get multiball, that's it. And once I knew that, I was like, okay, good. I've got clarity amongst all this noise. And, and it worked. Okay. I still think the shots are fun. They're unique. I was starting to enjoy the shots more. I still don't enjoy flop flippers. And in fact, I was having a go at Ryan all night because just about every game that he has got at his house all have the flippers dropped down a bit. It drives me nuts. The only thing I can say I absolutely hate about Godzilla, and there is one thing I hate about Godzilla. Sorry, Keith. I love the game. So Is that the designer? <laughs> no, no, that's no, no. I hate the right outline. You can go up the right in lane, hit the saucer, kiss your ball goodbye. Or sometimes it will just sling into above the in lane out lane, past the saucer, and come a little bit up the, uh, I don't even know what you want to call that, basically where the plunger goes over. And again, there goes your ball. Goodbye. And there's no way of saving it. I know what you're saying. There's, it's, it's quite unreliable in that whole area you feel like you've got less control to save the ball over there yeah but still enjoy playing the game i have one on order so i must love it and uh, i'm sure i'll love it even more once i have it in my grubby little hands did get to play a little bit of it switching to edmonton yegpin again uh so they had again the big group match play event pinberg style that was the first two days they had a uh, knockout tournament which was three days of qualifying on classics machines and uh, a lot of money raised for, uh, I'm not sure which cancer charity it was, but uh, they've done very well over the years with that. And then they had a um, women's tournament, they had a youth tournament, and they had a, I guess you'd call it a high stakes. They called it the pro tournament. So that was fun. And uh, boy, did I fuck that up. You know, I thought I'm going to put one more entry in, just stop thinking about what I need. Just, Just play good pinball. Five games needed on the ticket. First four games were fucking spectacular. Do you think I could put together even $30 million on Batman 66? Oh, how could you not? Well, I found a way, kid. I did. <laughs> Plunged the skill shot. Didn't even make it to the top inlands. I'm like, this isn't going well. <laughs> there goes uh, that. And just uh, couldn't get it going. So I was like, oh, maybe it was just nervous. Didn't make it. So I finished 18th, top 16, get in. Do you feel the pressure because you've got four good games and you've got to get that last good game? I guess. I, I have no idea. You know, uh, I'm pretty impressed when I can put four out of five good games in. So anyway, great players. A lot of it was done on stream, on diehard pinball. Derek Thompson, 
this guy has worked so hard, and it's not just him. It's Jordan. It's uh, Ty on the stream. It's all these wonderful people. Seventy volunteers. I mean, he. You talk about the experience at Brisbane Masters. That's really why we loved Pinburg. Why we like Indisc. That's why people loved Yagpin. Is because it was a good experience. They certainly had everything covered. No stone unturned, and you could just see uh, people from all over really enjoy this. Uh, Eric Stone won it. He came from Florida. Jim Belcito was there. We had people from California, from Utah. We had from Texas. Uh, Robert Byers was there, and again, from all over. So that was very nice to see Yegpin. So mark that on your calendar next year. It will not be the same time as Brisbane Masters. That was just kind of how we could get it in this year, but they're going to probably move the date. So keep an eye for that one, just as you should for Brisbane Masters. But it was fun. They had Godzilla. Most of the games, too, especially the new games, they had lightning flippers on every single modern game. So that took a little while to get used to. But it's good. You know, you've got to do things like this in pump and dumps and a lot of tournaments so that you don't play over and over and over again, which is please forgive me for saying because the most important factor in IFPA from what I've come to learn over the last few weeks is it's not how many games you play. It's how long it takes to play them. That is worth everything. Because, Marty, if you were to play 25 games and it took you three hours, well, that is that's stupid. That is too efficient. It's ridiculous. You need to play those 25 games over six, maybe seven hours. Even if you're waiting in queue for three of those hours, that is how you get points in IFPA. How could you play 25 games in three hours? Well, there is the, there is a format. It's it's a terrible format from everything I understand. It's it's a goofy format. It's the dumbest format ever. Some people call it pinball, pinball, pinball. Others call it a flip frenzy. And uh, it's apparently just, it, thank goodness it's being nerfed because it's the abomination of competitive pinball. Go fuck yourself. It is like hell. <laughs> So just to let you know, Josh and I back and forth several times. And I, I just said to him, I think you put too much value on time spent playing. And he said, well, and he, this is what he told me. By the way, he told me to post on Tilt Forums to see what kind of feedback I, I would get. I fucking knew what kind of feedback I was going to get. I'm going on a forum that's built for tournament players. And a lot of the tournament directors and the state directors and provincial directors all were against this. And I've talked to three of them since. And each one of them said, yeah, I never thought about that. Anyway, so yeah, did I get the feedback I want? No, and I also didn't give a shit either. But Josh, tell me why, why, why these flip frenzies are so horrible and he said quite simply they are too efficient his exact words too efficient he gave me a backstory because i said what do you mean too efficient well you can get to 25 games in three hours i go what the fuck's wrong with that and he told me what happened eight years ago so let me give you a little history lesson because it was a history lesson for me too i wasn't playing competitive pinball back then a while back and this is eight years ago a lot of tournaments were switching from four-player groups to two-player groups because they realized that it took too long to play a four-player group. So Josh, and, and I'm fine with him doing this. This is why he did it. Listen, we all subscribe to IFPA. You play and you don't. So this is why he made the move. He didn't want to see four-player groups disappear because they were fun. And, and so they decided at that point, a four-player group would be worth two TGP, two times, to avoid seeing all these tournaments switch to two-player groups. And that's, I guess, what happened. I don't have the data, but I certainly believe he was telling me the truth. He said 90% of the tournaments were all two-player groups. And didn't want to see that disappear. Okay, that's a, that's a solution. But eight years later, it has created a problem because you've put too much emphasis on time. And 
he doesn't want to see these tournaments, these pump and dumps or these group match play things disappear. Well, they take too long. And again, there are lots of reasons mentioned on the last episode, on this episode too, that you could be hurting certainly operators who want to see coins go into machines because they don't have the six, seven hours. Fun tournaments. Now, fun tournaments don't have to be IFPA. You can still do flip frenzies, all that kind of good stuff. But it's funny, some of those people on Tilt forums that said, oh, this is a, a goofy format and all that stuff, I reached out to them privately. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you played in one. Certain people said, oh, I've never played in one, but they just wanted to bitch. So, haha, good jokes, funny. I guess that's how you make a joke. Fuck, I, one of these days I'll learn, eh, Marty? One of these days, one of these days. That's why it didn't happen for you. Yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> you know why son asked me today? Watching some comics. He's like, Dad, why, why didn't you ever do stand-up comedy? I'm like, did fucking Marty call you? <laughs> Go to your room. No, I I, <laughs> I told him why, but uh, it's not good enough for this show or you or anybody. So just continue the jokes, Marty. Continue the jokes. So so when you said you told him why, did you tell him that it because you weren't good enough? Your material wasn't that good. I just want to know whether you told him the truth. No, I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him that version of the truth. <laughs> you do know the reason, right? Don't you? You do? Tell me why you. Oh. T- dude, go ahead. Go ahead. Why do you, without being funny, why didn't I do it? Be honest. Because it's hard work. It's a hard slog. And you probably just got better work elsewhere. I don't know. You're half right. The last part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had a fucking career in radio that I'm still doing 30 years later. What am I going to give that up for a fucking chance at making some jokes? Uh, when I've got a, like, I've got a pretty good life and living and all that kind of stuff from doing this radio stuff. Why would I give that up? But listen to me. If I didn't have radio, 100% I would have thrown both feet in there. For sure. But I was like, fuck, do I really do this? Yeah. That's a good reason. Yeah, it, it, it is a good and valid reason. Not good for comedy purposes for me to be able to take the piss out of you. You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. Okay. We'll cut. Yeah. You're, you're editing this week. Cut all that out. <laughs> I might just do that. <laughs> you might because you're doing it. So, Yegpin, you would say great tournament, by the way. Oh, yeah. Really well done. Really well done. 70 volunteers. I mean, they had full-time techs and the TDs, and uh, again, the, the streaming was wonderful. Lots of people doing that, and uh, it looked really good. They had a big stage like Pinberg as well. Carl did a special software on neverdrains.com. Speaking of Carl, did you see the Indisc dates, January 12th to 15th? I know you like that tournament. Oh, my God, I do. I do. Think about it. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. Don't you worry. Are you? We haven't talked. I hope you are. No, I'm always I'm always thinking about it, whether it's going to happen or not. I I don't know, but it's one of those things where I just I I just have such fond memories because it was in disc was my first U.S. tournament. I've done it twice. I mean, obviously it's now in a different location, but I just remember you know going to Palm Springs, driving from LA to Palm Springs, you know, stopping at the outlet malls, of course, but then going to to Banning to that and meeting great people. It, it was just an overall great experience slash holiday do it oh do you know what well, one thing i forgot to to mention going back to brisbane masters if you don't mind sure is i got to play some new games and i, I just want to preface this by saying that i have said something to jeff offline that i said i wouldn't ever let anybody know oh but I am actually now going to say it on this podcast. Yeah, but you're going to edit it out. So you're going to t- you're going to say it now. I'm going to be teased. I'm going to listen back and go, that fucker took that out. <laughs> no, he, he's what I'm going to say. I got to play Legends of Valhalla for the first time from American Pinball. And, and it's a great game. I, I actually really enjoyed it. 
But what really impressed me the most, and I had to reach out to Jeff to say, hang on, are you the main narrator, the main voice in this game? And he said, yes. And I'm like, holy crap, it's really good. The call-outs are fantastic. And I couldn't tell it was you, which was the big real shock. And that's why I had to ask because <laughs> maybe, maybe because I thought, these call-outs are really good. Are you sure they're you? <laughs> that is the nicest compliment you could ever give when it says it doesn't sound like you. That's because I'm not trying to sound like me. And I was listening. I was I was standing there watching somebody else play, just only listening for the call outs to just hear at a boot. But no, <laughs> it, it just doesn't sound like you at all. But not not just that. That's not that's not what's good about it. Just the, the texture of your voice, the intonation, the cadence, everything that you've done is just absolutely great for that theme. It's perfect. Love it. Well done. All credit to Matt Kern. He is the sound engineer uh, for American Pinball that did that. And, uh, of course, what Scott and Frank did. I think they had a lot to do with the script. So, really, I was the trained monkey who did everything those guys said. So, thanks very much. And kudos back to you because... Funny enough, at Yegpin in the free play area, they had a Val- they had two Valhalla machines, and right in between was Fathom Revisited. Mm-hmm. So I got to play it, and uh, we did upgrade the code after I showed you a few things. Oh, great! But uh, you want to talk about fucking looking at it and sounds and playing? And I know how much time you said you told me in this. I think you've said it on this program, but certainly off air, just dialing in the flippers to get them feel just right. You can tell. That uh, whatever time it took, it was well paid off because that thing was uh, by far the biggest showstopper there. Just, again, the different displays, the colors. I didn't really understand, and I only got to play it maybe three times. I don't understand your code yet, but I'm sure I'll figure it out. The mermaidens and and the rescue and the hurry-ups and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't care either. Kind of like when you play a pinball machine. I just want to hit shots and maybe kind of figure things out. It helped that on the apron, you could see what you had to do and the oxygen. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, so that, that was in that whatever game that was or mode. But um, yeah, there's the mermaid in battles. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of neat. Uh, that's a great game. I mean, anybody who loved Fathom, you're going to go nuts when you see this version. And I know we're seeing a lot more of them here in North America, I assume in Australia and Europe and everywhere else too. So uh, fun to play, buddy. Good job. Congrats. Thank you. But actually, funny you should mention that as well. There was a scoring bug. I don't know if you're aware of this controversy that happened yes. in the Abyssal Masters. But yes. yeah, there was a scoring bug that was found in the Mermaiden Battles. So this was on Saturday. It was found. Interesting. We, we got back to the hotel room at 11 o'clock, reached out to Greg Silby and said, hey, there's a scoring bug. The next morning we had the new code. Unfortunately, we didn't have enough time to play test it. Mm. You know, it's pretty risky to put new code in a game that's in Playoffs. Uh, a tournament bank. Yeah, so so we didn't do that. But there was a particular round where somebody knew of the, the bug and somebody didn't and it was considered unfair. So they had to void that game and then move on to a different game. Yeah, I mean, stuff happens. Uh, that's how you're going to find out things at tournament. The good thing is that game was in a tournament so you can find these things out because I remember the first time, I think it was Jurassic Park was in a tournament. I remember they put it in the C&E tournament years ago and Alan said, that game is not tournament ready yet. And it was maybe two weeks after it was released. And he's like, yeah, so um, I don't think we found any bugs, but he wasn't great. I mean, eventually, yeah, you want that in just like you'd want Fathom in, but it's, you know, we got to figure 
gotta let people play it a little more to figure all that stuff out before it goes in tournaments. People rush to get the new ones in. Yeah, of course. Well, I, and look, we, we had done a lot of testing for functionality and gameplay, making sure all the modes and everything all work. We had done some tournament testing, but really had not extensively tested it to get it tournament ready. We thought it would be fine, but when you find that one bug, good thing. We've always got Greg Silby on hand to code overnight. So Okay, I heard two stories about Brisbane Masters. And you're telling me something different. So obviously what you're telling me is the truth. I thought when they found out the bug, they said, okay, everybody, this is the bug. It's the same for everyone. It wasn't like a random bug. Those are the worst bugs. This wasn't a bug. This is more of an exploit, isn't it? Yeah, it was. It turns out not everybody did know about it. Oh, wait till you play Johnny Mnemonic in a tournament. I mean, everyone now has the Kaylee bug um, that he exploited at... I guess it was District 82, uh, you know, about dropping the glove or, or whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, these things happen. But look, the other thing, and I spent a lot of time just observing the game as well, because there's all the different scenarios that, that I've seen by playing it, but I'm not going to see everything. And by watching it being played so much, we're talking, you know, 15 hours a day, you get to see everything. So I took uh, a lot of notes already in the new code. I'm testing it tomorrow when I get back to work and um, yeah. We move forward. But also, okay, so other games I got to play. I got to play Toy Story 4. So did I. Yeah, what do you think? It's beautiful. Yeah, it's stunning. It's, it looks good. I'm not a fan of the music, and it just the carnival music gets to me a little bit, but I love the call-outs. I, I don't want to say I don't like the sound. I just don't like that carnival music over and over again. And I have a feeling, because that's a common complaint, they'll probably dial that back a little bit and, and maybe put something else in there. But it shot really nice. I didn't see any kind of big concerns. It's an easy playing game for somebody of perhaps my caliber, but that doesn't make it a bad game. I saw a lot of people playing it, a lot of people enjoying it. Looks pretty good to me. I, I can't, again, there are certain games that I wouldn't purchase. I would purchase several Jersey Jack games. That one, based on, on the shots, I would say probably not, but that doesn't mean I, just because I don't want to purchase it, I'd play it. I have no problem playing it. I'm the same. Wouldn't be in my, my collection, but if it was in my collection, I'd probably still be happy. There's just others that I would have ahead of it. Yeah, it, it, it's beautiful. That giant iPad is giant. Mm -hmm. It's massive. It's big. Um, did you know what you were doing in the game? No. No. Not, a, not at all. No, not at all. But I didn't matter. That's after, what, two plays? I only played it twice, too, so I didn't really care. But remember, when you step up to... Uh, Wizard of Oz for the first time, you've got no idea what you're shooting for. And the joy is going through the journey of discovery of working out what these things are. Yeah, that's that's true. Oh, by the way, I screwed up last week. We had uh, somebody call me out when I talked about the Duke Nukem ramp. Well, Duke Nukem is a video game character. How dare I screw up Keanu Reeves and Duke Kaboom. It was the Duke Kaboom ramp. Oh, uh, yes, it is. That's That's a Good shot. That's fun. Yeah, it is pretty cool. It's fun. You know what? I, I had fun playing it. Let me tell you what was probably the most fun game that I played that I'd not played before of the new game variety. Can I guess? Yes. Is it a stern game? I want three yes or no questions. Okay. Okay. First question. No, it's not. It's not a stern game. Nope. And, and it's one we haven't talked about because you already mentioned you like playing Valhalla. Mm -hmm, that's right. So it's one we haven't played. Uh, that doesn't, that's not a question. I'm just talking out loud. You have, you jumped in. You jumped in. You jumped in. I'm talking out loud. Copy the technicality. Okay, keep going. Still have two. I'm talking out loud as well. You said it's a newer game. Mm -hmm. And newer could be anything from 2020 on. Yeah, pretty much. 
so I know you've already played GNR, so I'm taking out Jersey Jack, newer games. Well, uh, it's going to be either Alien or something from Spooky. I will use one of my yes or no questions. Is it from Spooky? No. Okay. But Big Lebowski's been around forever. It's not Big Lebowski. I was talking out loud again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So who the fuck am I missing? It's not not that you're missing a a manufacturer. It's a game from a manufacturer you've already mentioned. What the what? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I give up. What is it? Hot Wheels. Oh, yeah. It's good. That's a fun game. Oh, have you never played it? I've never played it. See, that's old. But it's still new for me. Yeah, I guess so. Well, you did say since 2020. So is that 2019 though? No, it came out in 2020. Yeah, that's right. I don't remember. It's f- okay. It's fun. What I was really surprised about is how flat it is. I think it's got one ramp. Again, I mean, look. Obviously, I I, I talk about Celts because Celts is has no ramps, but it's still lots of fun without ramps. Ramps are overrated. I said it. Oh, I like. I love ramps. Don't worry. I don't think they're over. I don't think they're overrated. But I think you can be successful without them. Yes, you can. Hot Wheels flow. Flow, flow. It, oh, loved it. And I love the rule set. I think the rule set was really intuitive. So I, it's one of those things where, I mean, I don't love, don't love the theme. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know how to score properly. I, I know the skill shot is extremely important. I know RPM is massive when you get that red line mania and all that kind of stuff. But see, that's the, diff- that's the difference right there. You're saying, oh, I don't know how to score properly. I'm not interested in score. My th- thoughts are, how do I get through the game? Because I always feel the further I get through the game, the more my points should be. But it tells you enough and it shows you enough for you to be able to progress through the game. Hmm. See, I play so many competitions. I don't think that way. I probably should. No, I, I know. And that's what I'm saying. That, that's not a positive or a negative. It's just we've just got a very different outlook when we're going to a game. And that, that was my philosophy with Fathom doing the revisited rules is I'm thinking more so how am I going to make a person feel good getting through this game? How am I going to communicate to them? How do they get through the game via the screens and via the callouts and light shows? And then we then put the scores to it. I think it's good. I like the visuals and the Hot Wheels. I, I like the animations. Yeah, it, it's pretty well lit. I want to play more. I've only played it in competition. I want to play it for fun. So that's a good sign. Yeah, I only played it for fun and I had a lot of fun. Can you let everyone know, just remind everybody, I've seen a lot of people get Fathom. Oh, I'm sick of hearing Marty's voice. Look, so am I. I do a podcast with him, but it's not him on Fathom, is it? Uh, do you know what? It's so funny because I can't tell you. Well, there's a lot of comments, but the main comment that people said when they came up to me was, hey, what's the next game you're doing? Besides that. It's Dolly Parton. Yeah, the, the main thing people said was, oh, I love the call-outs that you've done in the game. I'm like, they're not me. And two people that I've known, there's, there's a lot of people up there that I've known for a very long time, but I'm just going to call out Stu Thornton and Stacey Borg. Known them for years. They've known me for years. We have spoken in person for years. Stu Thornton was like, nah, I know it's not you. Stacey Borg was like, bullshit, that is you in the game. I'm like, I'm not. And he, he would not believe me that it's me i end up having to show him a photo of the guy his name's zeke ezekiel ox hey guys check out his band they're called mammal and if you like rage against the machine you'll love this band mammal he is a freaking awesome guy Hmm. i showed him a photo of him recording the call outs in the studio it's not me but 
I did say that what you've got to understand is that I was in the studio with him and I was producing him. I was directing him. So I'm saying, hey, when you say this, you've got to say it like this. Ball save is activated. Turns out he's saying it exactly how I would say it. And maybe we don't have a dissimilar voice. Maybe. So it does sound. I I can kind of tell that it sounds a bit like me, but I'm telling you now, it is 100% not me. There is not a single call out from me in that game. Well, you know, especially in 2022, I'm absolutely against any type of stereotyping. But I will say this. Every Australian male sounds the same. Every single one of you. <laughs> For sure. You say Macker's the same way. You say cunt the same way. You say it all. Although Stacey Borg does have a different voice. He loves hey. when I make fun of him. Stacey Borg. I Borg. know he does. He, I know he does. I know I he does. But the good news uh, is, we've, I've, you know, I've put new rules in there and new modes. I don't know to call him back in for call-outs. I'm just going to do the new call-outs oh, and see if people he's notice. getting in there. Yeah, yeah. See if people notice now. You know two games I voiced. One never saw the light of day, <laughs> right? You know that, right? Yeah, Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland, yep. Do you know there was another one I voiced that kind of didn't see the light of day, but it might kind of be on software somewhere for certain people? Do you know that one? No. Uh, um. And, oh. I say no, but I feel like... Maybe I did know, but no, I can't think of it. I also said no to two. Look at you turning, turning back work. Well, I'll let you know about one. And the one reason, I'll tell you why. I won't tell you who. I was asked to do an accent and I said, no, get a person who speaks that language to do that. I'm not doing that. In the, not in 2022, you know, uh, 10 years ago, I might've been stupid and, and done something like that, but new. So when I do Odin, it's because I happen to be a Norse God. That's the only reason I did it. Because I didn't want to, yeah. Uh, but there was another one I voiced. And uh, we had a guest on our show that one time revealed that I did the voice. And I, I think it went over your head. So, I, ah, fuck, we'll say it now. That's, that's, why, that's why I'm thinking, I feel I do know this, but I can't remember the details. So, please tell me. Tell everybody. I actually voiced some lines for Rick and Morty. So, what happened was, I can say this now. Fuck, it's well after the fact. Sure. Spooky loved it. It was a specific episode. <gasps> Mm. Did I tell you this? Yeah, it's coming back I'll, to me. I'll leave that. I'll leave the episode out because I don't want to get anyone in shit. They made a special mode that was going to be in every game, and they sent it to Adult Swim. Adult Swim <gasps> you said, did, "Yes, you did tell me this." They said it's great, fucking perfect. Let's just get Warner Brothers to to check it out. Warner Brothers said, "Fuck, I hope I'm not in shit for saying this." No, it's it's well past. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No one cares. Doesn't matter. Listen, I don't break NDAs. This is I fucking didn't even sign one for this. They said we can't do it because it's too violent. <laughs> it's too violent. You know, everyone's like, you do realize what the show is about, right? Mm. They thought it was too violent. So they said, yeah, the, the, not the voice. The mode was too violent. Yeah. No, you have, you have told me this. I can't remember. You have, and you've told me the specifics of the mode and I can't remember what they are. So you'll have to remind me offline. But I only, I only bring it up because. I had never seen that episode. In fact, I had seen maybe three episodes in my life, so I had to get up to speed to get the characters, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm watching the show. So I'm, I do, we just watched the Pickle Rick episode, season three, episode three. Had you not seen that before? No, I mean, I knew oh all about it, but I didn't know. Oh my God, it is so it's, it's great. And my son's like, this actually divided the Rick and Morty fans. I'm like, what? And he said, yeah, because some people thought that was the episode they jumped the shark. And I said, this is a brilliant episode. Think of the <laughs> the overlying theme. Like every week they get into a pickle. So you can imagine the writer's room, they're saying, what kind of pickle will Rick get into this time? 
hey, that's a funny thing. I thought it was brilliant. And how he demolished, oh, it was awesome. Interesting you say that. Like, I, I wouldn't say, like, when you say jump the shark, obviously they're talking about um, the Fonz in Happy Days where he yes. literally jumped a shark. And what they were saying was that was such a low point in the show, it could never recover. It's when shows when shows jump the shark, that's it. Like, okay, it's you're running out of shit. You've gone downhill. I, I think in, it's a sim- similar but different way in that I think that Pickle Rick was its peak and it's never been able to be able to match that level of awesomeness. I'm only on season three, episode four. So I've got uh, the rest of four, the rest of season three, season four and season five to watch. And uh, I'm enjoying it. We're getting a good kick out of this show. I can't, I'm, I'm late to the party. I bring that up because you're talking about playing games you've never played before. Jim Belcito and I, we were looking at the banks at Yegpin, and I don't know how many different banks there were. Let's say there's 16. We looked at the one bank, and I said, you know, round 10 when it matters, we're playing that bank, because look at how freaking hard these games are. Here's the easy game, 8-Ball Deluxe. We all know how to play it. You can go for targets. You can get the inline drops. You can go up the left orbit, get the 70,000. Lots of ways to play it. We all know how to do that. That was the easy game in the bank. The modern game was Rick and Morty. I'm like, this will be the first time I've ever played it in competition and second time playing it ever. I had a couple flips at Texas Pinball Festival, but really just that. Uh, no idea what the hell to do. So that was in the bank. An EM, how many people know this EM game? Have you ever heard of Strange World? No. Strange World. I think they made 300 of these. By the way, there were two in our league. And so I did know that game. It's a really, really tough game. And the other uh, modern solid state game we had to play, never played it before, never seen it before. Have you ever played this? Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I have. You played it? Yeah. Okay, so I'm reading. It's a weird layout. Well, it's like, you know, hard body where you've got the other buttons to, to kind of save your outlanes. Yeah. Outlanes kind of come up. It's got that. That's fine. I'm used to playing hard body, so that's no big deal. But from what everyone told me is, okay, shoot the far right side. Get it up those drops or whatever. There's a million shot there. That's the whole game. It's unbalanced. That's the whole game. Good point. But this flipper was set to not hit that. So it didn't matter how hard you hit it. So, all right. I actually got lucky and won the game, but had no idea what to do. And we both said, that'll be our last bank. It was both of our last banks when the shit was on the line. And what happened? Uh, out of 12 points, I got seven to make it qualify eighth overall and make it nay. But uh, top four got buys. But still, it was I was nervous. You know, you shit the bet on that. You might not make it. So there you go. Crazy bank. Certainly an interesting game with Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. You just you very rarely, rarely see that game. Weird cab too. It's got it's not a flat cab. You ever noticed that bottom of it? No, I haven't. It's flat near the uh, near the front legs, and then it goes on like a forty degree angle up. So interesting design. What else you got? Do you want me to read from your list of notes that you sent me and make <laughs> it sound like I'm saying it off the top of my head? Hey, talk to me about the Stern Heads Up Pimple Invitational. Ah, yes. Did you see they announced that? Yes. Have you watched the teaser video? No. Well, they show who's in it. Do you want to guess? Who have we got? Are they all from Chicago again? Bing, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Let's clarify this right now. I love Stern Pinball. Who doesn't? The Mothership, great games. Love the Stern Army. Love all the different things they do. Very, very generous. Like, fuck, they're giving away a pinball machine. That's awesome. I really feel unfortunate for this event because it is going to get some bad feedback. I'm afraid. It's going to be visually something to watch. You know, maybe they'll package it up and it'll be on ESPN, the Ocho. It won't be because it's airing after the Ocho 
it's a lot of great production. Love a moto. I think Tim does a great job. We'll see Rebecca on the stream. But we're going to see eight people from Chicago again. And what bothers me about that, and it does bother me, is that not too long ago, they asked for auditions. If you want to be on the upcoming Stern Heads Up Invitational, send us your audition tape. Now, they did that. COVID happened. Okay, cut you some slack. You can't do that. You got to be safe and all that stuff. It's now been a year since we've been open up. Certainly, as far as pinball is concerned, probably 10 months since the borders are opened up. And you're not only using eight people from Chicago, you're using a lot of the same people. Somebody in this tournament has been in it four times. Another person, three times. A few others, two times. Marty, do you think Haggis would ever do... Let's say Haggis does this. Haggis is doing a Fathom Heads Up Invitational. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. Would you keep it to people in Melbourne for logistics? I understand why, sure. Costs and all that. Do you know what? For the first one, yes, I would. Okay. For logistics. Well, this is the fourth one. So let's say you did four. Would you do the fourth one for that? COVID's over. I know what you're saying. And on the surface, sure, I get what you're saying. It really depends on how long it takes for this to get... Because we, we look at the tournament, we go, oh, okay, it airs for two hours. Therefore, there's only two hours of filming. This thing could have happened over two weeks for all we know. Probably airs only an hour at most. Sure. But, you know, it's a it's a production. Like, it's, it's Stern's yeah. Oh, yeah. professional production. So it might be that, you know, people have to be available to be filming for two weeks for this one-hour segment. I don't know how complicated it is to put together. I mean, as I said, we just see the end result, which looks pretty slick, but I'm, I assume that there's a lot more that goes into it and it's probably easy to have people local because you can call them in at short notice and get them back for reruns and, you know, do their, their little mm-hmm. sort of vignettes and all that kind of stuff. So, oh. But you realize the way they film it, it's not a true heads-up challenge because they're all filming it individually and they're doing in this case i think five challenges i don't even know if that's number i don't even care if it's number they can do five they can do eight challenges whatever the quote unquote random generator will pit them up against two of the same things that is also that hey calling it like it's been said it's uh questionable yeah look as i said on the surface i see that that argument as well I kind of try to put myself into if I was going to be doing a production like that, how complicated it would be. And I would imagine it's quite complicated and it would be much easier to have local people just because they need to be on call back in and out multiple times. That's all I would say. You think that would uh, answer the complaints if there are any? I don't know. I mean, are there lots of complaints everywhere? Well, okay. Answer this. What happened to those audition tapes? I don't know. What was the point? If you're worried about production being a problem, we have to call people back. Why did you ask us for submissions from all over North America? I don't know whether that is the, the reason. So you can't necessarily give a counter to a hypothetical, you know, I don't know. Why are you using the same people? Also, I don't know. I need an answer. Sorry, I'm calling you. You're, you're, okay. you're, you're okay. the head of Stern maybe, Marketing. Maybe the, maybe the audition tapes that came through were shit. And they've gone, oh, you know what? We cannot use these people. They're terrible. So we just have to go back to these other people because they're very, they're, they're great on camera and it'll work. They're putting a production together. This is this is like reality TV. I mean, we you know, you know when they do their cutaways to those people, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm up against so and so, and blah blah. It's like you didn't know that. You you just it's it's not real. It's not real. Would you use your own employees? No. Why? Because my employees would be part of the production team. Mm. Well, they have. Okay, who've they used? There was a model in the last one, like, and I don't know what his stern, I, I don't even know who the guy is, a uh, young guy, a uh, very nice man. I, I don't think I've ever met him, but uh, he, he was uh, an employee for Stern. In this new one, 
you will see Josh Sharp play. I would say that could be a conflict of interest. He's not an employee for Stern. He is he has an NDA with Stern. His brother's the head of marketing. Okay, I'm just going to stop you there. I'm just going to stop you there, right there. Josh Sharp makes fucking great TV. Yes. So I don't care if he was sleeping with Gary Stern. <laughs> he proven. is. It's not proven, but it's likely. Yeah. But I don't care. Josh Sharp is fantastic to watch. Not only to watch him play and all the carry on that he goes with his screaming and yelling and all that, that sort of bullshit and playing on one leg, whatever. His cutaways will be very funny and very good as well. That for me right there. If you look at the, the initial production meeting, they're going, right, we're going to do our first Stern's up for our fourth Stern Heads Up International Tournament, whatever it is, right? We need to make this the most enjoyable one hour of viewing that anybody can have. If that's your, if that's your first mission statement, you would put Josh Sharp in there, 100%. I don't argue with what you said. I think they're open for some criticism there. When, when you already get the staff discount on buying machines and you're trying to give one away. No, I, I guess because it is a, 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 it is a competition and there's a pinball machine, there's prize money, whatever it is. I get that that's, that's a bit of a conflict and people might not find that palatable. But if it comes back to what is the purpose of this video? This purpose, the purpose of, and what I believe the purpose of this video is. Production? It is production, but it is to produce an hour-long piece of competition footage around pinball that is easily palatable, that anybody can watch and be entertained by. So it's not the best players. It's not the fairest bunch of people. It is who is going to make this enjoyable because that's what promotes pinball. That is, why would Stern be doing this otherwise? They are only doing it for marketing and PR purposes. They, they have to be. And with that lens on, you would put the people on camera that would represent the brand and make it entertaining. That's what you could look at. So when you get all these audition tapes, you've got to be thinking to yourself, and, and I know this because I've followed so many reality TV shows, through the auditioning process, you know, they put all these people together, they see who's going to bounce off each other, who's got a personality that works in front of the camera, who can ad lib, who can riff, who's really interesting, who lights up the camera. That's what they're looking for, not who's going to be the fairest competition. That's, that's not what it's about. I agree with everything you're saying. Good, let's move on. No, I absolutely do. I'm just saying, how do they avoid the criticism? Because we like, we like that Stern is doing this. We like that Stern is giving away a fucking pinball machine. And this is the fourth time they've done it. And they do it at uh, other events too, Indisc and, and IFPA and, and other events that they've done. They've had their own heads up invitationals at the Stern Pro Circuit. So thank you, Stern, for doing this. But is that explanation, which I agree, it is going to be entertaining. How are you going to piece off everyone who's going to be like well you don't where's my audition tape why is it always chicago why not just give eight fucking people from chicago a pinball machine and stop teasing us with this okay how many pieces of criticism do you think stern gets a week yeah i guess you, you, you know what i mean like they get it all the time they're probably just very thick-skinned and immune to all that criticism and they look at it and they look at it and go yeah we're going to get criticized for this but we're going to get great exposure we're going to promote pinball so that's what's better this is my point this criticism that I think is going to happen is unfortunate because what they're doing is awesome. They are giving away a pinball machine and they're putting together a great promo piece. And by the way, and I've said this to Josh for years, the Heads Up Tournament is the greatest thing to watch visually. We always talk about these pinball tournaments. I mean, 
the diehards will sit for four and a half hours and watch Escher play Keith at IFPA 17. But that's only the diehard people and the people that know those people and, you know, the excitement of the youth versus, you know, the legend and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't bring on the casual people where I think heads up. Oh, that's pretty easy. This is what the target, they they do, again, great production piece. They tell you what's got to be done. Even if you didn't know pinball, even if you didn't know the game and the game's going to be Godzilla, you would learn, oh, that's what you've got to do. Okay, I can watch this because it's going to happen within under two minutes or less. And it's exciting. You can go left screen, right screen. It's awesome, this competition. As great as this competition is, and I think it's obviously not something you can facilitate at all these competitions because you'd have to have two of the exact same machine. Ace Gogi does a great job. Whenever they do a, a launch party, they have two machines and they do this kind of heads up stuff, but not everywhere can do it. But it's great to visually watch. The problem is IFPA doesn't give a shit about something that could be the most exciting thing in pinball, which is this, this heads up challenge, which visually could bring more people in. It's fun. It's well-produced. This is much better. This hour production for this the Shoopy that we're about to see on August 10th, I think it is, is going to be fucking lights out like the others were. But it means nothing for competitive pinball, which is sad that something so great is shitty for competitive pinball. Why? How? Why is it shitty for competitive pinball? Means nothing. Points are fucking nothing. If, if you're if you're chasing the whoppers, it means nothing. So the best thing visually that could bring people in means nothing. I get why it means nothing, but it means nothing. I mean, not everyone can give away a fucking pinball machine. That's why this is so good. They are giving away one, but no, I know this contest itself is great. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And one of my the, the favorite tournaments I've ever been in was a heads up when we had. At Ryan's house, we had my Wizard of Oz and his Wizard of Oz and my Star Trek and his. How fun. Oh, my God. It was just complete adrenaline I'd love it. rush. I'd love- it is. It is. Because you're watching your game. You're watching their game. You're like, oh, fuck, I can want more show. It's, it's so fun. It is such a good format. I know. Worth nothing. Worth, worth nothing. Maybe that's what they need to be working on is how they can oh, allocate some points no, to it. No, how dare Mate, you? No, they need to allocate points to it and then they need to nerf it. There are points to it. It's already nerfed because it's not a lot of TGP. And again, time is the issue. Oh, yes. We always come back to fucking time. So here's, another, here's this week's lesson, kid. It's a math problem for you at home. Okay? You have two tournaments side by side. One is a head-to-head match play event. So you have 30 people playing. 15 groups of two are going to play. I want you to tell me when you play your first game, how many TGP is that worth? Uh-huh. Think, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Okay. okay, you've thought about it. Martin, in a head-to-head match play event, that first game you play, how much TGP is that game worth? Zero. Why do you say zero? Because I have no idea, and I feel like you're, <laughs> that, that's, that's what the answer should be, because that's no, the, the point an- you're making. The answer is one. It's, it was the easiest math. Holy fuck, take a sock off. Learn to count, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> The answer was one. Ryan, Ryan, are you around? Are you in the background there? I need someone who knows the term and stuff, but I think you can come through here. Sure. Marty, keeping that equation in mind, you're playing, oh God, you're playing a flip frenzy, which again is head-to-head match play. Tell me, when you play your first game in a flip frenzy, your first game, and it's head-to-head, and you've just played one game in 2022, this year, how much is that game worth? TGP wise. Is it between zero and one? Yes. Okay. Pick one. Um, What's it worth? Zero. Fuck, honest to God. Remind me never ever to get you to count anything. It's one. 
Yeah, sure. It, it, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's one. It's one game played. My point for everyone else who can do simple math is a head-to-head is the exact same as a flip frenzy in round one. With this new nerf, by the time you get to round 20, the head-to-head play is one game, TGP. That 20th game. By the time you get to the last game, which let's say is the 20th in a flip frenzy, it's worth zero. How does it fucking switch? Oh, that is bizarre. How does a game go from being one to being zero? That's your math question. Try to answer that. Not you, Marty. Fuck. No, God, please don't. 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 Bob Matthews, uh, Bo and Karens, anybody decent with math, Stephen Bowden, get over here. Come on. People listening will get that. Yeah, I'm sure they will. But again, again, this we were talking about how great the heads up is, and it is August 10th for Stern. They're giving away a pinball machine. That's great. They've got, yes, the same people, and yes, they're from Chicago. Maybe we can see some switches for the next one. I'm sure it'll be a great production. But uh, again, that great format, not worth shit in IFPA and just like the foot frenzies too. Yeah, no, again, what really shines with that format is how viewable it is, but not everybody can pull the technology together to make it viewable. Obviously, Carl does it extremely well. We know how complicated it is. So it's not the easiest format to broadcast. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah, think of the cameras you'd need. You'd need two rigs, first of all. So that's kind of the smoke and mirrors that we're seeing with Stern doing it this way because they're, they're filming everyone individually. I've heard people say, and yes, the math is there. If you have eight people and the final challenge in the last three have always been the two-minute challenge, you can fix it so that all but one person wins. And the person who doesn't win is the one who has the worst score on the two-minute challenge. But if you come seventh, they can make it so the eighth person goes through. As long as you didn't shit the bed on every challenge. They do every challenge too, so they don't have to pick the best ones. So the intent is great with what they're doing. I think they need to rework the wheel just a little bit and all will be great. So so here's what I think. I don't think it's the head-to-head format that makes it digestible. I think it's the objectives. They're really easy for you to understand. And they're explained. That's the good part about that, it. That's right. So I would, I would actually, this is just me riffing now, I would actually prefer not to have the heads-up format two people side by side, but it's kind of like I, in my head I keep thinking skiing, right? I don't know why I'm thinking skiing. But when I watch the Winter Olympics and somebody's doing their big jump and they land and they get their points and then you get to the next round based on being getting the highest score. So, you know, let's say it was the two-minute challenge and – all eight people, how many people are in it, they all play the same thing. And it's that one objective, how much can you score in two minutes? But you're only seeing one person play. It's still easily digestible because you know exactly what they're doing. And then you go, right, well, the next four people, they go to the next round. And then the inverted quotes, whatever it is, random generator says, okay, you've now got to start this particular multiple. You can explain exactly what they need to do. And then you're watching the people do it. I don't think you need the head-to-head format. I just think you need to have very easily understood goals and objectives. That's what makes it palatable. Yeah, that would work too. It'd certainly be probably easier from a production standpoint. Yep. So hmm. there you go. There you go. Take that on. Give me some credit, guys. Thanks. I'll take royalties. Oh, uh, well. Anyway, uh, again, I'm bookending this. Thank you again, Stern, for giving away a pinball machine. Like you said, they probably get a lot of criticism for everything anyway when you're the mothership that's kind of how it goes so uh the intent is good and yes josh is entertaining <laughs> like, very, like, yeah. like like incredibly entertaining just very ah. char- he's very charismatic and he's great on camera 
so you, you just, have, just have to point and shoot, start recording and great stuff comes from him. And yeah, I don't begrudge him being on it at all. All right. Emails. My God, please keep <laughs> sending us emails. We're not going to read them all this week. I'm going to pick the favorite one though. <laughs> I know which one it is. I know I'm, it, it could only be one. This comes from Jason Libel. <laughs> I'm reading it verbatim. Hey, fuck buckets. Hope your files are up for this one. These are my personal top five favorite games in no particular order. How would each of you personally order them? The Walking Dead, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek Stern, Black Knight Sword of Rage, Iron Man. I'm sure you're both incorrect in your ordering, but thanks for playing. Love the show. Truly brings a smile to my face every time I listen. Jason from Wisconsin. If you're going to start an email with, hey, fuck buckets, you are already on our side. Well, I had to respond immediately. Dear Jason, thanks for the email and taking time from your busy prison sentence. It's obvious you are a stupid cunt or brain damage has occurred or both. We will tear you a new one on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your cheese and beer, Jeff. (laughs) He wrote back, wonderful. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Jason, all right, let's go through his games. Walking Dead, Lord of the Rings, Star Trek Stern, Black Knight, Sword of Rage, Iron Man. I don't think any of us are going to disagree with probably Walking Dead, Lord of the Rings, or Star Trek Stern. The ones where he might get maybe some some questions would be perhaps Iron Man and Black Knight Sword of Rage. I like them both, but I don't know if they're top five. Um, but he wants to, how would you personally order them? So he just wants to say, assume that they're the top five, how would you rank them from one to five, these five games? Let's start with what we would rank the lowest. What would you put at number five? Hmm. Me personally? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm going to get shit on for this. Lord of the Rings. Okay. No, that, that's fair. I know that a lot of people like it. A lot of people don't. Oh, I, I think it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. That's just when I'm thinking about ranking, what do I want to own? That's the f- fifth one on this list. Okay. So for me, the, the bottom is Black Knight Sword of Rage. Okay. It's fine. It's like it's, it's a good game, but I, I think there's four better games in this list than that. Uh, I would say probably Iron Man is my fourth. Yep. I would agree. That's in my fourth position. I would then put uh, probably Black Knight third for me. Okay, so my third is Lord of the Rings. My number one and two are Walking Dead and Star Trek Stern. Are you saying Walking Dead is number one? Yep. Do you know what? I would agree with you. And you've had Star Trek Stern. I think it's fun, but did you get bored of it? Uh, It took me eight, nine years to get bored of it. Oh, so that's a great game. That's a great game. Yeah, and I've always said it's my, my favorite game of all time, and I still think it probably is, but... If, I, if someone said to me right now, you've either got a choice of having Star Trek back in your collection or Walking Dead, I would take Walking Dead. And I think that there's, because what it is, what really shines with Star Trek is the layout. The layout is fantastic. It, it makes you feel good. And I actually think the rules that are in it are matched very well with the layout. If it was any more complicated, it would lose the fact that it's such a fast flow game. But the magic of Walking Dead is it's got a it's got a, a challenging layout, but that and the rules and the callouts and and everything coming together, I think, is just a magic game. I'm taking code out completely because obviously it is the best code with Lyman doing that. Uh, Lord of the Rings is a spectacular code as well. Walking Dead for me, it's the layout that I like the most. Yeah, and it's a brutal layout, but it's 
you know, we, we talk about John Borg games. You and I are both big fans of John Borg. And there's a lot of samey things we see in John Borg games. You play Rush, you know, it kind of reminds you a little bit of X-Men a little bit. You play Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, there's a little bit of Metallica and Iron Man in there. And you see, wow, Kiss and Aerosmith is, is pretty close. Walking Dead, I don't know. Am I missing something? I don't know of a game that's built the way it is. Yeah, it, it, for, for a John Borg, uh, there's nothing that compares to it. It's Pretty probably unique. His, yeah, innovative layout, I think, yeah. So I like that. And then, of course, the code only makes it ridiculously that much better. So yep. out of those games, if I have to pick one, you can have it in your lineup right now. It's The Walking Dead, for sure. Yeah, same, same for me. All right, Jason, there you go. Uh, if you want to email us too, I would suggest it because it's a lot of fun. And you could be um, humiliated. I mean, we will gladly read your emails. <laughs> Finalroundpinball at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook. Please join our group. We do respond to everything. We're even on Twitter and Instagram, aren't we, Marty? Yeah, we don't really do much on those last two platforms, to be honest. In fact, I, I don't even log into Twitter. I can't remember the last time I have Instagram every once in a while. We haven't done a poll in a while. And now that you're editing, do you have time for polls anymore? Remember we had a problem before? Yeah, we did. I, yeah, I've got to go back and see whether they fixed the, the bug that they had in that poll software. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got to be a little more interactive there for our loyal, wonderful fans. I uh, do want to end on a couple things. It's been on my mind the whole show. Uh, I've been trying to avoid how sad this is to lose uh, somebody that was uh, quite into pinball a lot in the late 2010s. I met him at Pinburg. You know, we talked about Berto Moon, you and I, last week. And he was the first person ever to say, I listened to Pinball Profile. And I had no idea who was a, this was, the stranger was. And he was very kind. And I, I look forward to seeing him all the time too. The second person to ever say, hey, Jeff, I li- love your show, blah, 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 was a young Harry Jackson. And uh, Harry, uh, sadly, we lost Harry this past weekend. I don't know all the details, traffic incident. And um, I, I'm just heartbroken to hear that we lost him. I think he was 33, 34 years old, and he was very nice. I met him and met his father the following year at Pimburg, and, uh, and in fact, I was able to record him as well. Uh, so he's on a pinball profile, and uh, I always look forward to hearing from him. And we, we talk some Philly sports and all that kind of good stuff, but uh, you just never know. So we said it last episode. We'll say it again this episode. We love you. We thank you for listening because uh, let those people you know we love, uh, reach out to them and say hi, do whatever you can because you just never know, do you? No, absolutely. So, yeah, no, I'd, I'd heard about that before we started recording as well. And it's, um, yeah, really sad, really unfortunate. Harry, we're thinking of you and your family and, uh, and we're thinking of all of our fine listeners, all three, four, five of them. No, that's not true. And can I just also say, just on a, on a positive <laughs> note at the end. Yes, sir. So a lot of, a lot of people came up to me. And, and I know that you get this because you go to a lot of shows and, and I haven't. This is the first one, uh, Brisbane Masters, for a very long time. So many people coming up saying how much they love the podcast. What was most disappointing was how much people said that they liked you in particular and how funny you are. Whoa. So, so I would say, guys... Start listening to our podcast because you'll find it's not the case. <laughs> but thank you. I, like again, I just, I just, I just loved people coming up saying that they love what we do. That's that's all that it means to us. I do go to a lot of shows, and I get that more for final round than I do pinball profile. So um, we must be doing something right. Twippy doesn't think so. Ah, fuck you, Twippy. <laughs> <laughs> We're not bitter. We don't talk about it every fucking day. 
No, no. Anyway, who cares? Uh, we have fun doing this, and we'll do it again in another fortnight. Oh, enjoy the edit, Marty. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, cannot wait. Thanks, everyone. See you in a couple weeks. <laughs> Bye.